So this morning we continue our Lenten sermon series, Dead Ends, Detours, and Destinations, exploring some of the places that Jesus traveled to find their meaning for our own spiritual journey. And today we travel to Bethany, a small town about a mile and a half east of Jerusalem, just over the ridge of the Mount of Olives. And Jesus passed through this little place of Bethany many times, and he enjoyed the hospitality of one very special family in this town. That house, the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, became a place of rest, of belonging, of comfort for Jesus and the disciples as they would travel back and forth from Jerusalem. And there are wonderful stories of Jesus interacting with this family, loving this family, and being loved and served by this family. Listen to a few of those from the Gospel of John. The first story is a well-known story about the time that this family was in the midst of a great crisis. Lazarus has fallen ill and has died, and Jesus is coming to be with them. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laying against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. And when he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. And another story of Bethany. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, to the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. And Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard. She anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? And Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So I don't own a house, but if I could buy a house anywhere, it would have to be in Waco, Texas. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't want to live in Waco, Texas. 
but if I'm going to have a house, I want one where Chip and Joanna Gaines of Magnolia Homes can do the work, right? I am addicted to the HGTV reality show of theirs called Fixer Upper. Have you heard of this show? A precious young couple, Chip and Joanna, they can take a really ugly, really cheap, almost uninhabitable house, and then in the magic of one TV hour, right, they can transform it into a warm and inviting home. I love it, and I can't get enough of it. And come on, when that family comes into that new home, that last four minutes, I dare you not to smile, right? I don't think I'm the only one working out my longing for a home issues by watching Fixer Upper or Rehab Addict or Property Brothers or This Old House or Love It or List It or House Crashers. I mean, I could, I could keep going. There are literally 30 of these shows on just three cable channel networks. These are popular shows, and they're popular because they touch something deep within us an ache, a longing. It's something that goes beyond the fun of creating or the joy of owning a house. It's an ache or longing for home, real home, real safety, a place to belong, a place to be known and to be loved. And this yearning is profoundly spiritual. I believe it is placed in us by a loving God, and ultimately it is only satisfied by a deep relationship with that God. St. Augustine said it in the fourth century this way, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O God. And that is true. God is our only true home. And yet, and yet by the grace of God, Certain places and certain relationships, they often give us a taste, don't they? A small taste of what that home might be like. A taste of rest and safety and belonging and peace. And so we treasure those places and we treasure those people, don't we? Growing up in my grandmother's front yard, there was an ancient magnolia tree. You know, the kind that kind of looks like it's just wilting in front of you big old branches, and I could play under that tree, almost hidden by those branches. It became a place of, of great imagination, but also belonging and safety for me. I come from a long line of St. Louis Cardinal fans, and so Bush Stadium, okay, is a kind of home for them. The old one, not the new one, but that's a whole other story. For many people, just stepping onto the campus of their alma mater is like coming home. It has that, that feel. But it's not just geography that can give us a taste of home. It's often relationships as well. Home can be that best friend, the one you can tell anything, the one who knows everything and loves you anyway. That group of women that you go out with once a month where everything is open and anything is accepted that group of guys that you can hunt with or drink with and everything you say stays right where you said it. Such places, such relationships, they literally etch patterns of grace into our souls. They're important and they must be handled with care. 
At least that's what Jesus shows us when he spends time in Bethany. When he gets to be in the presence of good and generous and caring friends. When he finds the time to rest and be nourished and to be known in the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. So let's, let's look closely at the role Bethany played in his life. What kind of home did it provide for Jesus? How did it enhance Jesus' calling to build God's kingdom? Well, I've poured over all of the stories, not just the ones we read this morning. And I found some things, some important things to share with you about Bethany as this home for Jesus. And there were three things in particular that were very clear. And the first is this. For Jesus, in this house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, in these relationships with these three special people, things were very real. Really real. That story that many of you probably know in the 10th chapter of Luke, when Jesus actually gets caught in the middle of a conflict between the two sisters. Do you remember the story? Martha comes to Jesus and says, My sister Mary's not helping me. Wah, wah, wah. Remember that? And Jesus listens. He gets involved in the conflict. He doesn't solve anything, but he's there. Real anger. If you had been here, Jesus, my brother would not be dead. Real tears. Real death. Real deep, meaningful conversation. Jesus, you can't open that tomb. It's going to smell. Martha, don't you remember me telling you if you believe you would see the glory of God? Real trust. Real love. Yes, the first thing about places of home, creating home, things must be real. Feelings and the messiness, the struggle, and honest debate of life must be allowed or true home can't exist. That leads to the second thing Bethany teaches us of home. Home is a place of sacrifice. Martha sacrifices again and again to host Jesus and his followers. And Mary sacrifices a fortune in costly perfume. And Jesus... Jesus sacrifices his safety. By raising Lazarus from the dead, he angers the Jewish leaders and they then seek to kill him. Sacrifice permeates this place and these relationships. And sacrifice is a necessary element in places that we would make home. Finally, Bethany teaches us that home is a place of sending. You know, it's a little strange to talk of Jesus having a home in Bethany because Jesus isn't really known for saying nice things about family and, and home, is he? He talks about his ministry as being on the move, pushing into the kingdom of God, not settling down in a house of any kind. It's Jesus who says in the ninth chapter of Luke, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom. Another said, I'll follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. 
Clearly, Jesus has no patience for those who would take the good gift of home and turn it into a destination. For Jesus, Bethany was a gift. It was grace from God. It was a way station on the journey, never a destination. And from Bethany, Jesus was sent, perfumed and ready for burial, to Jerusalem, to his true destination, to the demands of God's kingdom that would eventually make a home for you and for me and grant us eternal life. So wherever you make home, in whatever place or relationship, consider this. And as you try to make home for others, consider this. Be real. Practice sacrifice. And prepare one another to be sent into the world for kingdom building. This should be our goal. That should be the heart of whatever home we build, whatever home we share, whatever home we create. That's the purpose of earthly home places. And it sounds exactly like the mission of the church as well, doesn't it? When people say to me that they are looking for a church home, I I get a little antsy. Because I think I know what they mean when they say that. Usually when people say, I'm looking for a church home, what they mean is, I'm looking for a place to be comfortable. I'm looking for a place to be maybe loved, maybe accepted, certainly where I can put down a few roots. But the truth is, that's all people are usually looking for. And Bethany teaches us that a church home is so much more than that. A church home isn't a place for just smiles and our Sunday best. It's the place to be real. Where we should be able to talk about and struggle with everything we face, with everything that life dishes out, and messiness and honest debate and disagreement should be part of the package. That's what a church home should be about. And sacrifice of time, of talent, of money, Sacrifice of being right, sacrifice of being first, of having power, absolutely, that's the point of being a church home. Where else are we going to learn to bend and yield to the will of God? But the heart of any church home has to be the sending A church home exists not to make us comfortable or warm or cozy, but to propel us out into a hurting world, to send us into the real work, making our community better, safer, more just, and to share the good news of God, who is our true home, to anyone who will listen. And not only that, but to live like people who know something about that home. So two Saturdays ago, I was driving down I-35 on my way home from Dallas, and I got to Waco. (laughs) I looked over to the right, and there were those silos beckoning me. You may not know that Chip and Joanna Gaines have opened a new uh, store, Magnolia Market, and it's right in downtown Waco. You can see the silos from the highway Oh, I'll just get off for a minute, I thought. It won't take that long, I thought. I couldn't have been more wrong. 
I got off the highway and joined what seemed to be hundreds of cars just driving in circles around downtown Waco looking for a parking place. And if you weren't driving around in circles looking for a parking place, you were one of the hundreds of people in a snaking line all around the silos um, that were trying to get into the store. And then the people who had been in the store were all coming out with this special bag, Magnolia Market bag, taking their goodies home with them. And uh, here's my confession. I wanted to be one of them. I wanted to go into that store. I wanted to find something, something that might make the mess of my life and, and, and turn it around, something that might make it sparkle, something that might bring me to the home I've always desired, always longed for, always knew that I was very close to. Well, I didn't stop. I didn't wait in line. I didn't make a purchase. Now, I'm not saying I won't be going back on a Thursday when it's not so crowded. But here's the thing. We were created with a longing for home, with a compass that points us home. And while we receive the gift of home from places and people, and we can nurture that gift to bless others, we must remember, we must proclaim in our actions that ultimately the mess of our lives gets renovated and cleaned up by God and God alone. The sparkle that we need in our lives, it comes from God and God alone. And the home we desire, that we long for, comes from drawing close to God and no other way. Henry Nouwen said it best, God has made a home in us so that we can make God's home our home. We find our way home to the heart by following Jesus. Thanks be to God, and during this Lenten season, may Jesus show us the way home once again. Amen.